Hello and uh, welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. I am Luke Tyrrell and we're joined uh, by a special guest this week. Well, he's been on the pod before. My brother, Matthew Till. How are you doing, bruv? Hello, very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad, not bad. Uh, Richard obviously sent his apologies. He's uh, snowed on at work, but um, we're obviously going to persevere. Uh, and the pop will go on. So, um, obviously, we're, we've got a lot to cover between the FA Cup uh, semi-final uh, weekend just gone, um, and obviously there were uh, numerous Premier League games which um, we will cover as well, including we will start off with uh, Palace's result up at Newcastle, one uh, 0 win, which I mean removes any sort of doubt of Palace being relegated. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially we're safe I mean I personally I thought we were safe on 36 with our goal difference anyway but 39 now with a goal difference is pretty much 40 points isn't it we're safe it'll be a miracle now if you were to be relegated wouldn't it yeah math, as they say mathematically it's not safe but yeah like you say it would be um, a significant ton of events that mean that Palace wouldn't be safe um, it, I think it was really nice that they, they finished it off early for once and it wasn't something that went down to the wire we yeah. often go to the last game or two don't we um, despite this being what the seventh, is it seventh season now in the this, Premier League? It will be the seventh, yeah. 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 So um, experience that just about staying up, and hopefully this is a, a trend that started last year under under Roy Hodgson that will continue in terms of being safe um, safe sooner. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously, it's, it's nice that they they've got what six games left, six five games, games left. Yeah, 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 where they can actually. Um, not relax because you want them to relax, but you know, play for a bit more than than, than battling to stay up. And you never know; you might see a, a few different formations and, and a bit of an eye to next season, maybe, and potentially some of the stuff that he might try out. Well, I think this 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 might be what a lot of Palace fans are hoping for is potentially that you're you're going to be seeing the pairing of Benteke and Batshuayi potentially yeah. up front, um, which a lot of people want to see. Uh, obviously, two Belgian internationals play play with each other um, when they're when they're away. Uh, <laughs> what like that? Uh, it's not like a kind of podcast, um, but um, yes, yeah, so I think like that. And also, maybe you know, you'd hope that potentially you might see um, some of the younger players coming through, or maybe like the Jara Reader was of this world, be giving the go. Yeah. Sam Woods, obviously, with the the, the injury to uh, James Tonkins at the weekend, you might see him thrust into the limelight a bit more. The the thing I'd say is we don't often have a plan B. So whilst I absolutely rate Hodgson to to the max and you know think that he's the best man for the Palace job Love and him. I don't um, sort of support any of the criticisms that he gets, um, I, I must say that I do find that the only criticism I would have, if there is one, is that the the, the plan B is a bit absent. So formation-wise, we tend to play the same type of formation with a slight variation. And it would be quite good just to try out, like you say, those two up front, maybe try something else in midfield, maybe bring some of the younger players through as well. But you're going to be forced to play something different at the centre-back, aren't you? Because both the established centre-backs in, um, in Sacco and um, Tompkins um, are now out. I don't know if Tompkins is out the Well, yeah, I mean, we, like we so. don't know, do we? He hasn't had a scan yet, but I think he said after the press conference that, uh, on, on Saturday after the game that it didn't look good. Right. Yeah, him, so. so that, so that, that two is going to be... Sort of false, but you know, gyro rule the world. Will he actually get a go? Um, Obviously, yeah. Checo take a play centre back. He has done in the past as well. Um, It'd be know, interesting, won't it? There's all options there, isn't there? Yeah, and, and you know, also in, in the in the midfield sense, you know, we often, um, well, we've debated long and hard about Max Meyer and, and the role he mm. plays, and with with less of a um, a need to go and uh, uh, you know away games sort of catch them on the counter and maybe try and be more in the games early on. Um, maybe you know there's a chance for him to play a bit more and 
yeah, it's, it's just it's nice, as I say, not to be down to the wire, but also have the options to, to try a few different players out. Because that bench, when you when you look at that bench, is really, really good. It's improved, isn't it? I, th- I think we, we've said, especially sort of since January as well, when mm. obviously we've been able to bring sort of Batshuayi in as well. Um, you, you've looked at the bench and obviously you've had injuries come back. That's obviously Scott Downs come back from a long-term injury and, and other people as well. And you sit and you think that, wow, you know, this is, you look at our bench now and we really have got this strength and depth. It's something that we've always lacked and something I think which sort of makes the difference between being a club which is battling to the end to stay in the league rather than a, player, than a club that can finish you know, lower to mid-table, to be honest with you, anyone below sixth, I mean, when you look at Wolves and Watford underneath that, maybe underneath eighth or ninth, is, is, is pretty much in the same ballpark really, aren't they? Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, but it's interesting what you say about the point around Roy and, and a plan B, perhaps, do you think perhaps it's because he's obviously an experienced manager and he knows what he needs to do to get the, get the job done, that he sticks to his tried and tested methods and that's why people get a bit frustrated because Although people want to see a bit more expansive style of football, um, we know from, from watching football and the Royal will know as well that if you, for example, if you go to Tottenham away in the week, um, was it last week, wasn't it? And, and, you, and you go at them, you're going to get torn apart sort of 5 6 nil, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm not suggesting that um, we should do that. I'm just suggesting that sometimes when we need to change a game, he make a slight change and it, 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 it does change the game. So like James McCarthy came on um, uh, a week before last, wasn't he, against yeah. Huddersfield. And, you know, that formation changed, that, that change of personnel. Push Wolf up front as well, didn't Switch the game up, right? And I'm, 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 not, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just suggesting maybe, you know, we tend to play, what, 4-5-1 or a sort of form of 4-4-2 with kind of the first strike off the second yeah. one. But like you're saying, you know, t- playing two relatively big men up front, one who can head the ball, and one for some reason who can't seem to head the ball for Toffee, um, you know, will be a nice, nice thing to try out. And I think that that might be where there's an option. And like you say, you know, Bat, Bat Shui, it's interesting. With the first few games, I remember you and I had a, a couple of chats, and we probably got caught up in the hype to, to some extent. But he looks very different to Benteke. So he was a very different striker to what he had before. Yeah, I, th- I, th- yeah, and, I, th- I think what it was is that we we only had a Wilf sort of player that, that, that runs with the ball and then all of a sudden obviously when he came on against uh, Fulham wasn't it it was his first game he did that little amazing little jinking run didn't he and we thought bloody hell you know we've got two players that can do this now yeah yeah, and, and, and he, he looked good at his feet and, and they sort of the team sort of seemed to rise when he came on and you're always going to get that instant reaction with a player obviously yeah. of his class and calibre and you know he's got a good goal score record and so on and so forth but I would say the last few games I would and, and see, from seeing him come on on the weekend I'd rather Benteke played now mm. because he's palace his player okay we know what Batshuayi can do we also know he can't do yeah. and, and there's a lot of talk about whether we'd sign them or not for the money they're talking about I don't know I would because wow. if Ben Teke yeah. comes back and he can be you know a regular um, goal scorer you know as he was before and say he gets his form back would you spend all that money on a second striker of that calibre or would you maybe look to bring in someone who maybe is a bit more up and coming uh, obviously not the player because it's gone but Solanke that kind of player mm. who might come through well I said that, that's essentially what Palace have been trying to do with Alexander Serlot you know they, they sort of scouted a younger talent he's still only 22 years old and um, you know he did well did well in the Danish Superliga um, and you know you've got the maximizers obviously still still a, you know I think he's still 22 23 years old isn't he um, Jar Reader World you know you're trying to bring through these young players but you need, do need to give them time the interesting point about Benteke obviously he got a bit longer at the weekend didn't he I think he came in about 65 minutes mm-hmm. um, and he had that chance didn't he where the ball, the ball came in from from the left hand side I think it was PVA oh, and he, he sort of slipped and it, you just wanted it to, to sort of to 
need nestle for him and that's the, you, you just get the feeling that you just need he needs one goal doesn't he and then then sort of that, that's it he's a big confidence player as all strikers are obviously um one goal and that that could have potentially not open the flood the floodgates but bring him back to the benteke that that, that, that we knew who, who signed for us and scored 17 goals in his first season yeah, that, that, that's that's what you hope because, like I say, he's Crystal Palace's player. Whereas um, Batshuayi is not Palace's player, and they'd have to spend a lot of money to sign him. Right, the price would be an interest, interesting point as well, wouldn't it? Because with Chelsea, with their transfer ban, I mean, they might be more reluctant to let him go. And also, obviously, the market's ridiculous. So you think of a Batshuayi yeah. in this this sort of day and age, and this, yep. I mean, you've got to be thinking forty. Well, like you say, the option might not even be there to sign in the first yeah, place. Exactly. If, yeah. If you're Chelsea, why 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 do you let players go at this point unless they're calling? Causing problems like um, oh, what was the guy that up front? Costa. Hmm. Um, I was gonna say Damien Delaney's mate, but Costa, <laughs> you know, obviously wanted out and was causing problems. Unless you've got that sort of dynamic that you want to sort of get rid of them, I actually don't know that you you would. So you know, the option might, might not even be there. But like I say, I, I don't know if I would if I had the um, if I had the cash you know, on my hip, you know, in my, in my back pocket. Just a forty million pound, just knock yeah, around. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I'd spend it on um, on him. But then again, you know, you look at the comparisons, you look at the other options, and you're saying, well, probably something similar, if not as good. It's going to cost you the same money. So, yeah. what, what do I know? But you know, I just, I just, I, I would much rather see Benteke play. And again, back to the dynamic, we're safe. We don't necessarily need to win the games now. We don't necessarily need to score the goals. Mm-hmm. So, if Benteke comes on and, and you know nicks one or two. Um, and maybe we don't win all the games it doesn't matter so much if yeah. that makes sense so yeah I, but again not a nice problem to have and a nice dynamic that Hodgson can work with um, and you know who knows we might we might you know the, there's no pressure on now so we might just play free flow football and win 5-0 every week who knows well especially this this weekend where we've got an easy uh Come to town of Man City, which will be uh, piece oh, of piece. Sunday as well, isn't it? Like yeah, it's one o'clock, two o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit annoying. But um, piece of piss game that'll be, wouldn't it? But um, obviously they have their towers up after Liverpool's result. But just want to touch on the on the on the Palace um, game itself against Newcastle. Um, obviously, Luca penalty. He got the uh, got, got the goal, and it was almost one of those games where we we won ugly and it was quite nice to see Palace where we played some good football and we sort of dominated especially at home this season you know God knows how many t- you know shots on goal um, and we actually you know I think we only had one shot on target didn't we which probably was the penalty I mean Jeffrey Stuff had a chance early on in the game um, and it was quite nice to see us sort of go up there and, and almost do a smash and grab typical away performance where they had all the possession all the chances we didn't and yet we come out winners yeah, it's it's one of those ones there where we didn't actually deserve the points, like you say, but it was really nice to to, to get the points in the way in which we did. And it was like um, I remember a couple of weeks ago against Huddersfield, mm. you and I had a conversation. I think it was about half time or so, and we both said, "Oh, Huddersfield have come for a point. They've come to nick something, and um, you know if they get something on the break, which they nearly did a couple of times yeah. actually." Then, then that's sort of um, successful, and that's exactly what Palace did on the weekend. They didn't necessarily sit back as the Huddersfield Palace game was, but you know Newcastle had um, the vast majority of the ball. I think one didn't they have seventeen or eighteen shots to our like one? I think so. Something ridiculous like that, you know. And and so that kind of reflects where that where the game was and um, Palace's kind of stance in it. And, and it just takes that. That's why Palace have to hold on to the likes of Zahar and Wan-Bissaka and others because those are the kind of players who can just. Take a make a burst, and you know you win a penalty like that just mm. because someone's going to try and tackle them. And you know, the, the guy who did tackle him didn't need to tackle him while he did. No. 
it was a ridiculous challenge. The first guy, the, the first, first one, he pulled he, out, didn't he? He had to nibble at him, didn't he? Sort of thing, and Will sort of rode the challenge, and then it went into him. And it, it, yeah, it was just, there was there was no doubt about the penalty. You know, I think that you know, much of the cries of Zahar is a diver and all this sort of thing. I mean, there's yeah. no there's no debating that it was a stonewall penalty. Uh, and Luca steps up and, and does what he does. It's, it's quite interesting the Luca penalty situation because I don't know about you. I think I've said this to you before. Like I'm never confident with Luca. I don't know where it is, but because I, I think that once he hits him with power, and yeah, obviously he's got a good record, and, and his record obviously completely contradicts what I'm saying. He, I always feel that he puts him at a, an easy height for a keeper. So if a keeper was to choose the right direction, it would be a, a comfortable save. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I always think because he powers it so much and smashes it, I always imagine smashing over the bar. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm never confident in the penalty because you just never know what's going to happen, do you? The yeah. goalkeeper and I know the ball. The one the other week, though, was it the Huddersfield one? The ball kept rolling off the spot. It was know? windy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that yeah. pressure. But. Um, no, no, you, 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 like you say, the stats don't lie and the number of penalties he's scored is ridiculous. And isn't it one off Andy Johnson's Premier League so. record? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's nice that Palace are going to have both of those players in, um, in the sort of record books in that stance. But I just, I just thought that Palace, you know, give, considering we, we went and, you know, it was a bit of a smash and grab one in terms of the 1 0, I thought there were positives throughout the game. So, you know, the goalkeeper, Gaeta. He did really well, didn't he? He did really well. Yeah. It, like, what I like about him is he comes for the ball. Yeah. Like sometimes. He punches. Play, yeah, he does, but sometimes he comes and he completely misses it. Yeah. But 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 eight, seven, eight times out of ten, he gets that ball and he and he gets a good connection on it and he likes a punch, which is always nice to see. I think it's a bit of a, a thing that goalkeepers tend to um, shy away from these days. They always tend to sort of stay on their line yeah. and get crowded out by defenders. But I thought he was really good by that sort of one dodgy one that went up and to the edge of the box, I think. I think it's a shame about Tompkins because him and Kelly, despite him going off, I thought they were really good together. Mm. I think Martin Kelly's a really, really good. He's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? I think I think he, he sort of when we when we first signed him, I think he was obviously I think he put put out a left back knee for for a while, and whenever he moved into the centre, he always looked more comfortable. And as he's matured, obviously he's, he's still a young young player. So I think he's still what, 26, 27 years old, I think. Um, obviously came through very young um, with, with Liverpool, and obviously got his England England debut. Thanks to Roy as well, um, but he he personally he's a sort of player that I actually have over Scott Dan starting. Obviously, we're not going to have that luxury now. If if something's yeah. out, it's going to be Kelly and Dan centre centre backs. But given how well Scott Dan has done for us over the years, it's quite amazing uh, and always testament to, to sort of how well that Martin Kelly's done as he's sort of developed as a player. Yeah, I mean, what did we? Wasn't he um, he the one that we signed the day that Pulis left? Yeah, wasn't literally, literally that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, there was there was a meme, wasn't there, of of, of uh, him being interviewed and sort of looking over his shoulder and going, "Where's where, where's the gaffer going?" Yeah, <laughs> As he's um, backing his box up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those funny ones. But yeah, it's um, yeah, he's he just he's solid, isn't he? And and he does a job for us. And um, yeah, I, I'd I'd be happy if he started week in week out. So obviously, he's no Sacco and Tompkins. But you know he's 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 solid. He's um, dependable, and you know he's not he's not afraid to to make a tackle. And, and him alongside Tompkins, good options also in the box. Yeah. Um, so I think it's positives end to end. Um, and and yeah, now who, who knows what we can do with um, with the the points sort of in the bag and the position. You know, pretty much done done and dusted bar a massive over overturn of events. Um, no, who, who knows what we might see and um, what might happen next? Yeah, and just as well, we've got the, the points when we did, given the fact that we've got Man City and Arsenal and uh, some tough games coming up. So we'll have a little break there uh, and we'll come back and uh, talk to you about the rest of the weekend's action as well as some more Palace talk, obviously. Hello, 
Hello and welcome back to part two of the Six Pointer podcast. Um, carrying on with the Palace theme, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Roy Hodgson. I mean, we did touch on it kind of um, a little bit around sort of Roy's tactics, but it has been noticeable that there has been a, a split in the Palace fan base around sort of their view, views in, on Roy. And there's there's people like like you and I who who who, who think you know he's a good manager and he's, he's perfect fit for Palace. But there's also um, sections of the fans that are becoming probably increasingly louder. Um, I, I'd say you hear it at Sellers and you certainly see it on, on the message board and things about those sort of uh, fans who don't feel like they're being entertained by Roy's football, uh, feel that perhaps we're underachieving as a club. Um, I mean, I've given it away already, but your viewpoint is, but talk, talk a little bit to that, Rob. So I try, try, and, be, try and be balanced on this because I think it is a, it's an important point because it is, as you say, splitting and... Um, yeah, splitting Palace Palace fans. I, I, I don't know how um, equal the split is, and whether you've got more people in the for Roy camp versus against. I'd like I'd like to think it's more in the for, given where Crystal Palace are in the league. Yeah, but I mean, given given you sort of you do get a certain type of person that tends to shout about their opinion more than others. Yeah, of course, and that those vocal people can well, well by virtue of being more vocal, yeah. appear to be louder and more yes, prominent exactly. than those less so. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, it's probably more weighted in the favour of Roy Hodgson. I'd like to think so anyway. But yeah, trying to be balanced about it and seeing it from other people's perspective, I can see that people sometimes think that he sticks the same formation. Mm -hmm. But to that, I would say that Palace have got a certain um, type of playing football, and he plays like an ethos, isn't it? Yeah, I think we are we are much better away from home because, like we saw on the weekend, we're good at soaking up the pressure. Really, really solid at the back. I'd say bar PVA who drives me nuts. I know I, I always reflect on this with you, don't I? Mm. Palace played Sunderland a few years back, and he played left back, and he was against Wilf. And I remember saying to you, he kept up with him, didn't he? He was the only player I'd ever seen to that point who had basically played Wilf out of the game. Yeah. He, he marked him out of the game. He was quick. He couldn't get past him. PVA, sorry, was quick, and Wilf couldn't get past him. And I, I just, I just thought he was a, when he when he signed Palace. I was so excited. Mm. I'm saying to someone once, he's the one player in the Premier League like Palace to sign. Yeah. I was really excited when he when he when he did sign, and he had, had such a hit and miss run of form. He's in one of those miss runs at the minute. Mm. So, but, but anyway, by that I'm going off topic. But, but he's, he's he's one of those players. He's he's, he's it's almost like a, a new style of perhaps of, of Premier League wing back that we're seeing, aren't we? Because it's almost more important that. They're very good going forward than they are defensively. You think? It tends to be. I mean, obviously, Aaron Wan-Bissaka has broke the mould with that because he's he's sort of he, he gets a nosebleed. He gets the eighteen-yard line. But this is the, the thing, other right? This is the thing. But he's brilliant defending. We're going off. We're going to piece through it. But Doesn't I just, just, just need to say that I think for me the bit that frustrates me about him is that he can defend. So the example I gave you of why I thought Palace should sign him because it was because he 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 played Wilfred Zaha in his game and yeah. played him out of the game. Whereas what we're talking about is he's much better going forward. Yeah. So we know he can do the defensive stuff. I don't know if he's lazy, can't be asked. He's the one person I'm always shouting at to get back in position. If you look at Palace been on yeah. the counter-attack, who's the one bloke who's out of position? Okay, fair play, he gets up the field so he's more likely to be, but he just needs to balance it a bit. Anyway, going off pace a bit. At the back, Palace are solid by his up and down for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, I, I think... I think there's there's that that's settled that shouldn't change. The keeper is now settled as well. Hope so. In front of in front of them, again, you look at it, what other formations or 
layouts you're going to play. So you've got your tough tackling battlers, your hard workers like your. Well, Luke, uh, Luke is always going to play. I think Coyote needs to needs to play alongside the Agreed. door. Coyote is one of the one of the players, the few players I think that you've got that can actually carry the ball forward. And it's almost like he's playing the the Ruben Loftus Cheek role that he played in the second half of last season. First half, I didn't think Ruben Loftus Cheek was very good. He got injured, came back, was very good, and he was one of those players that can actually get the ball, drive it forward. I don't think, apart from Wilf and obviously Andrus Townsend on, on wide, you have, we, we've got a lack of those sort of players. So I think Coyote's got to start as well. Um, so it seems to be, it's, at the minute, it seems to be between Coyote MacArthur, who's going to play, and maybe Schlupp to an extent as well. So Schlupp seems to be in the team. And, and Schlupp is, again, I find, I'm a, big, I'm a fan of him, big mm. fan of him. But again, I think he can be very hit and miss. So if you look at midfield, you've got options there. And people could say, play him, play him, fair, fair enough. But then you look at the Max Meyer, and I'd say he hasn't proven the right, or, or won the right, if you like, to play regularly in that midfield position. I, yeah, okay, I, so I you, agree with you. So yeah. you've got a myriad of players there you can play in the, in the middle, and okay, Schluck around the wing a bit as well. And MacArthur often does, doesn't he? Well, he doesn't really play as a wing, he kind of drifts inside. Yeah. Then you've got your two wingers, who for me, I play week in, week out. I'd always play Townsend, always play Zahar. Now, I know he hasn't been playing Townsend recently. Mm. He's he his hand, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, so that's changing dynamic there. And then you've got a striker. So in the formation, formation we play, where we're, like we say, good good on the counter-attack, and Palace's ethos is to do that, and kind of Palace's style of play is that, you're going to play your Bentahe or your Batshuayi, mm. like we were saying, and we're change the dynamic to play two. Exactly. So outside of that, I'm not quite sure what people would like to see. Other than Max Meyer play a bit more, well, that's that. I think, dropped yeah. now and then. It's, it's, it's kind I, of I, I, not I, much to work with, isn't I, it? I, I think that's that's. I think you touched on the Meyer incident, and I think that's quite uh, pertinent actually because it's interesting the way that he's been held. Is obviously he came with a big reputation. There was there was rumours that you know the couple like Man United and Arsenal were interested mm-hmm. in him the season before he came to Palace, and obviously Palace getting on the free was it was a big coup. But I think he's very slight. And um, you need to be physically strong in the Premier League, and he does tend to get—he does tend to get bullied a little bit in games. And I, I think that a lot of teams work out how to play against him. And it's obviously he's a young player, and he will develop. And I mm, think that yeah. I th- hopefully, I think oh, you know, you've got to look at players like Milo Jednak in his first season at Palace in, in England. He was awful, but then he, he turned into a, a great player for us, a central yeah. midfielder different type of player admittedly but um, I hope that you know he had just learned his trade but I think a lot of people believed believe the hype to an extent with, with Mayer and almost think that he has to start and when he has started he's not really shown that he can do enough when he's come as an impact sub he's done really well but I think that the fact that going back to the original point of, of, of the Hodgson criticism that's that's one of the main places that it stemmed from is that people want to see Mayer play but personally, I don't think he's he's deserved to, that that starting position because he's not 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 performed when he's been given the opportunity. Yeah, see, see, I'd say on that that is showing why Roy Hodgson is such a great manager, though, because he recognises that he knows the games that he can can play him in, where Myers a bit more likely to get a bit more time on the ball and you know have the um, have the role that you know he obviously is, has been bought to. Bought in inverted commas there because he's free, obviously, but bought in to play. Well, I, th- I think the fact and he was given number seven shirt as well, people automatically assumed he was going to be a Kavara replacement. He's a completely different player. No, Kavara yeah. was a little shit at times. You know, he'd get stuck in, he'd, get, he'd pick up yellow cards. You know, he'd be niggling the way, be in the refs here all the time. So Mayer's may not do, like that. No, Mayer may can do the pick a pass bit. Obviously, not to Kavara's quality yet, but he can do the pick a pass bit, and you can do the. You know, you see him, he gets the ball, and he swivels on it, he looks up. It's you know, you're thinking, yeah, go on, let's go. Mm. And then, like you say, a tackle comes in, he sort of shies away, and yeah, he doesn't. 
pull out a little bit. But I think, uh, to, as you're saying, back to the point, I think for me that does show why Rodgers is, why Rodgers is such a good manager because he knows the games he can play him in and should play him in to give him a go, to give him a chance to develop, to, to, to become someone who can play the team in time. But if he plays him week in, week out, the goat bloke is going to get Something kicks out of him, you know. He's, he's not gonna, well, he's yeah. not gonna come back from the big crunching tackles. He's, you know, it's gonna kind of put him back rather than moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that is to credit to Hodgson, and that's what I would say to people who say he should be playing him. I think he does play him in the right situations, but you know, maybe he's working on bringing him through. So who knows next season what where he might be playing? Ho- hopefully, I mean, because he, he's certainly got talent. Hasn't he? You can see that in him, but it's it's interesting the games that Roy has decided to start him in. Obviously, recently we've been the Burnley away and Huddersfield at home, two teams you 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 consider would be quite tough tackling, and but perhaps Roy's put him in there and say, "Go on, you know, show me you can get stuck in," yeah. and he hasn't really done that anyway. But going back to the, sort of the, the original point, the Roy criticism, one thing that I think that that's quite interesting is that. You know, we both listen to the FYP podcast, and there's a bloke on there about called Adam Sells, a goalkeeping coach, and he talks a lot about there's almost an entitlement of a certain section of, of, of Crystal Palace fans. You know, the certain type that went to Tottenham away last week, and just because Tottenham had been a good run of form, expected Palace to go and turn them over. Um, and it's almost like I think some fans need a bit of a reality check in the sense that we are Crystal Palace and in the Premier League anyone from sort of 8th, ninth, 10th below is is almost fighting for their lives unless you have a good run like you know you've got Watford and, and Wolves this year have done really well obviously but everyone else is in the same mix so it, I, I feel that fans need to calibrate their their expectations a little bit um, and I can see where it's come from obviously the war came in and there was this uh, promise of expansive open football that didn't work. <laughs> we went back to sort of what we knew with Roy Hodgson. What happened there then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, see, I, I, tell, I, I just, I just say on this point that I understand where people are coming from. So, if you imagined if you hadn't, you know, followed Palace through some of the times that we had. I mean, the, the admin seasons, not just the admin yeah. seasons, but the seasons, the the times that I remember you and I growing up, and you know, Palace getting to Premier League and it being, you know, oh my God, they're a match of day. It was so exciting, yeah. and yeah. you know, we go to the home games with you know, dad or whoever it would be, and it would be such a different experience to when they were in the championship yeah. or the, the, the league one as it was that, back then, the first division. And then you, then you had this kind of, you know, hype. And then and then we've been down down in the championship for so long and, and we, we'd, you know, I do miss those days. Barnsley at home on a Tuesday night. Night I games is what I miss. Yeah. I miss night games. You, you, obviously, oh. you don't get so many night games in the Premier League. No. I think we've had, what, two, have we? And they just season? feel a bit more sanitised. But I think if you haven't, and, and then, then if you look at things like, you know, some of the more recent fun we had, like Doncaster away, mm. you know that that game, and then obviously Sheffield Wednesday away game. That was fun. I would never do that. <laughs> in a million years, but I say when, when, when the when the stoppage time ball went up yeah. for that six minutes, you actually turn around and look to the back of the stand and say, "I yeah. can't watch this." I couldn't but, but do that, it. That, that I think is what makes <laughs> us the more miserable, less optimistic, less wanting to be, you know, um, pushing for Europe fans. I do want that, but also I recognise where Palace have come from, yeah. and within me, I feel personally there's a sense of. I appreciate where they are now and I would rather they had it in the way they've got it now than lose it by going all guns out. Mm-hmm. So I'd much rather Palace stayed in the Premier League. Um, as they always say, the main thing is to get safe each year. They've yeah. got safe each year, it'd be great. 
and here and there if they can have a cup run or if they can have you know, a few like a Man City game. You know, who's the only team that beat you? Always say on the pod, who's the only team that beat Man City? <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 those kind of things that I think makes what Crystal Palace special. But if I just become maybe a Palace supporter more recently, mm. or maybe I was someone who maybe I didn't enjoy the, the the days that I'm referring to there in the Championship and the admin seasons as much. Well, maybe yeah. I want the opposite. So I can understand both sides. Yeah, as I say, give, trying to give a balance for you, viewers, you say maybe it's the fact that you know Premier League football is a product now. And people do pay their money, and you know it's not cheap to, to, to sort of to, to, to go to, to football games, especially if you're buying individual tickets and yeah. not, not a season ticket holder. I mean, even as a season ticket holder, it's not cheap. What is it four ninety? Just pay was it? Or is it I mean, in comparison to other Premier League, uh, yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not complaining about the price of it, but at the same time, people who you just turn up on a day, you could pay upwards of forty five quid for a ticket, and you people expect to be entertained. Um, and yeah. you could argue that that's not been the case this season because Roy plays a certain way and has to get a, get a job done. Um, so maybe, it's, you know, like you say, it's not necessarily the fact that these fans are just newer Premier League fans that have watched the past last six seasons. They're just people who just want, is value for money a, yeah, a, a no, term no. that also, we can use for football? But also when you, when you see your club in the Premier League and mix it with the big boys and winning away at Man City and... You know, there's, there's very few games that Palace don't give a game. What's the biggest defeat we've had this season? By two goals, and it three one. Isn't that the biggest defeat we've had? I, th- I think don't it know. is. I think I think I read the other day that's the biggest. Um, or looking back, we don't tend to ship though. many goals. Do we, we don't. We don't. We don't get turned over. Okay, we don't score many. And mm. they, so maybe that's part here. Maybe part. Maybe part of it is the fact that if you had a Ben Teke who was, you know, Fit. sticking him obviously in, obviously he was also out for the for, 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 yeah, knee surgery. You know, yeah. he's out out injured for the first sort of so what, it, six so months of the season. If you had someone who was sticking the goals the goals away, and, and say if we were shipping a few more, I'm just just going to put this out there. That might be a bit more exciting for people, and that might give them the buzz. That that's Alan Pardew football, isn't it? Well, sort of, you know, where you, you, you score. I'm where that end up. Swansea flipping heck. Yeah. No, so 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 yeah, I can I can see both sides. I, I've heard the criticism of people around us singing Hodgson make a sub. Mm. I don't agree with that. The, the bloke knows how he's to been manage a manager for forty game. years. Yeah, yeah, you know he, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't need that sort of shouting. Oh. But again, like you say, people pay their money, lots of money. It's up to them to come and, and express it, yeah. what they feel. And fa- a fair play to it, you know, everyone's got a view and opinion. Um, it's a personal I, viewpoint, isn't it? Like you say, I, I'd, I'd never sort of shout that because I just think it's ridiculous. It's, it's almost like the booing situation, like the, the sheer notion of a grown man standing up and booing at a football match, or well, just in any situation. Just it's just laughable to me because you're, you know, you're a grown man, you're standing up and you're booing. What are you doing? Like, I mean, it just seems a bit silly to me. But you know, people want to vocalise their opinions. And yeah, football, the football is a bit pantomime, isn't it? It's all a bit yeah. boo here. You know, you've got the, the, you know the, the people on. The, from, and if from and if that's what people want to do, like, like what you said, because they pay their money, fine. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, so yes, you're right. It, it's split the fan base. I can see, I can see both sides to an extent, but I also can can see and recognise where Crystal have come from. Maybe um, where we're gonna be to, to some to some sort of extent. And you know, I think the thing that the thing to always do is, if you had it your way, what would it be like? And it could be like a Burnley who had this massive push for Europe, yep. a fantastic season, and ever since then, it's been in a place we wouldn't want to be. Yeah. You'd much rather be with Crystal Palace on now, what, 12th now after the weekend's results? I think, so, I think yeah. It's, yeah. it's a ridiculous turn of events. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd have it this way any day. But again, like I say, maybe we're a bit more uh, a bit more miserable and a bit more uh, grounded in, in, in what we've experienced. Pragmatic, I'd like to say. Pragmatic. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. that. I'll take yeah. that. All right, well, have another break then, and then we'll come back and talk about the uh, rest of the action from the Premier League as well as the FA Cup this weekend.
Hello and welcome back to part three of the uh, Six Pointer podcast. Um, those of a Liverpool disposition will be pleased that we're now going to probably steer their talk away from Crystal Palace and talk about the uh, the rest of the action that happened in the Premier League and uh, FA Cup of the weekend. Rich will be loving this bit. It will be. Yeah, this loving is it. Rich. If you just go to thirty-one minutes, mate, you can just start listening now. Um, so Friday night, obviously, it was quite nice uh, to have a Friday night um, game. Um, we don't often see them, although I'm saying that we're seeing another one this this Friday, I think, as well. Was that Liverpool's game? This was Liverpool. Let's yeah. move on. Next one. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, they went. Uh, Liverpool went top of the top of the top of the pile again with a three-one win against uh, Southampton. Um, uh, and the main point I want to mention there was the uh, the goal from Jordan Henderson, which was brilliant. I thought it's a fact. I know he came on as a sub, but um, his, his sort of lung-busting run was it from sort of the halfway line to get there and absolutely power home the uh, the finish was 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 brilliant. But I think um, didn't Southampton get a bit of a scare by by going ahead, didn't they? Early days, obviously, Danny Ings was was um, ineligible to play against his parent team, so um, just mm. Shane Long came back in and got a goal. Um, Kate brought it back, and then Salah with a, with a great. Um, Run, I think it was from actually from a Southampton corner, got the, got the goal, and then Henderson put the uh, the cherry on top of the cake. As so, well. so I haven't seen this one. I didn't see this one, but did, 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 Silas goal was the ones that's getting all the plaudits. Yeah, it was, it was the breakaway from the from the Southampton corner. Yeah, right. He but, ran but, for the middle. But Henderson's goal was the better one, was it? But uh, personally, better because finish. because I, I, not the better, but more more of the effort that you put in to get there. I think you know the fact that he sort of covered a lot of ground to get up get there. And I, I quite like him as a player anyway. I know a lot of people people don't like him. Um, I think he's that sort of player that does the dirty jobs and gets stuck in. Yeah, gets stuck in. Sort of, I quite I quite like that about him. So obviously that sent um, Liverpool back to the top of the pile, which which was which was quite good for them, given the Man City obviously played in the cup. Um, have a big win obviously for Leicester, beating Huddersfield, and so a lot of people sort of felt that Huddersfield were perhaps you know you know they're, they're now they're relegated, might you know start playing a bit more free flowing expansive football, but Leicester tore them apart four one. How how are Leicester seventh in the league? They had such a difficult season. Like fair play to them, right? They had that 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 bunch of players because everything they went through with, obviously the the, the tragic accident mm. that happened at the ground, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then obviously a change of manager and uh, they got a very good manager in to be fair. Yeah, paid handsomely um, for him, but yeah. Well, maybe we shouldn't say too much about that because your um, your Scottish uh, uh, contingent of the pod won't be too happy about, about that one. <laughs> Um, but I just, I just think, how well have they done to be seventh in the league, given all the stuff that's gone on this year? So they, they've got, a, they, they've got a good squad, and also it's interesting. I was, I was, um, I watched the Sunday supplement and listened to the Sunday supplement podcast as well. And it, it's the feeling of, of, especially with Leicester, as long as the players are happy, then um, you know they're going to be doing well because it, it seems to be one of those clubs where the, the players do have a lot of influence over what what, what happens. Um, and I think there was a general feeling that. Um, there was a, a, a few of them that sort of hounded Puel out and um, potentially even the manager before them um, but I don't know Shakespeare? Was it Shakespeare? Shakespeare took over from Ranieri didn't he or was it Pearson? can't remember anyway this is an investor podcast doesn't matter um, yeah nearly did mate nearly did um, Bournemouth lost to Burnley uh, quite heavily 3-1 defeat there actually won um, to two goals one at either end well done him well done him um but yeah, Bournemouth. Uh, we we, so we were t- we were talking just in the break there about. Um, I think they're probably safe, aren't they? Thirty three. They're just a point behind us of thirty eight. Um, I think really looking at the relegation battle now, it's sort of Southampton or Cardiff for me. I think Brighton. I mean, they're Brighton to get on with their games in hand. Yeah, obviously they? they've got two games in hand, haven't they? Um, potentially, you could say that that Newcastle are, are are sort of in the mix as well. 
Um, but Brighton, it's interesting because they've got two games in hand, so they'll be playing Saturday, Tuesday, wouldn't they? So big game against Bournemouth. One's against Cardiff. And then Cardiff as well. So that, that'll be interesting. It does seem to me that the, the, the sort of relegation battle is getting a bit more interesting, isn't it? Much more, even even more exciting than the, the two horse races that the, the title chases. I quite like it. It's down to one, particularly there's like three in the mix. It mm. makes it quite interesting, and you can sort of really follow it quite closely. Um, I hate end of the season where there's all these permutations. You often see well, it, like, someone wins and someone else draws, yeah. and this person, yeah, 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 yeah. like with the playoffs and stuff, like in League Two, but like, oh, so and so scored three goals before the fiftieth <laughs> minute. Someone gets sent off, and someone's <laughs> wife all runs to the pitch, and oh, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I think it is interesting, isn't it? That, like you say, the uh, it's got me between. Well, it depends how Brighton get in, the, in those games in hand, and actually the cup defeat could go two ways. It can inspire mm-hmm. them and turn them around. They could focus on the league, and I would have thought so, given how good their manager is. You've got to say he's one of the best managers in the Premier League. Easily, um, I don't know, Palace. I don't know, Palace any day. Um, there you go. Maybe he's Mr. Hodgson's replacement. Well, Hodgson's had enough. That would be um, a cool, isn't it? Palace nicking Brighton, man. Yeah, yeah bloody yeah. Um, uh, so I think oh, it depends if they get those, those two games in hand. But like you say, it should be there or thereabouts. And I think Newcastle should be okay as well. Although they were so mathematically, obviously it's not over till then. Southampton and Cardiff obviously are then the two to be in here. And we just looked at the mix of mix of games, and I, I highlighted that probably half of Cardiff's games are winnable mm. in the sense they're not playing big teams. Mm. They've got like, to play like Man City, I think, and a few others up there. Liverpool, I think, as well, haven't they? Um, yeah. And then Southampton have got, like you said, more of the games or the teams in and around them. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out because, you know, does a team who's down there in a dogfight lift themselves against particularly the bigger teams mm. or have they got no chance? Um, and similarly, is it more difficult to play teams who are in and around you because they want to win just as much as you do because you're all sort of, sort of fighting to either well, get away from the relegation places or be safe because as some of these teams they're playing are. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously there's a five-point gap at the moment between Southampton and Cardiff. You sort of think that if Cardiff win their next and Southampton get a draw, you know, a six-point gap, that's probably going to be, you know, enough, I think. You know, I, I think, like you said, it's interesting, the point on um, Brighton and them losing the semi-final, which was a, you know, a drab game, let's, let's be honest, the, the, the 1-0 defeat to, to Man City. Um, certainly in stark contrast to the, the game we had on, on Sunday in the FA Cup semi-final which was Wolves-Watford which was a 3-2 game great game wasn't it um, Wolves went 2-0 up um, and Watford came back and um, I mean how, how much pressure was there on, on Troy Deeney to get that sort of injury time penalty to make it 2-2 and, and take it to extra time which was which was fantastic to be fair wasn't it? I've got to give a mention to the bloke with the, with the uh, mask oh the, the, uh, yeah <laughs> the Wolves yeah. striker that was brilliant um, I just see some also, wrestling thing, wasn't it? I think it's a Mexican wrestler. I don't follow WWE anymore, but um, yeah, it is. I also, I just saw a, um, I think it was on the BBC Sport website today, a kind of a blog or a post, an article about the um, FA Cup and how um, this game kind of shows that the FA Cup isn't um, dead and buried, as a lot of people say. And I, I think it's 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 a it's a it's a sad state of affairs that people do think that the FA Cup has lost anything you know when you look at it the the the, the start of the fa cup you know the, the fact that anyone can be in it yeah. and you know you're going to get success stories that there were a few this year didn't newport we? yeah it yeah. got through sort of you know the early rounds and even the even the sort of the third fourth fifth rounds you know it's, it's brilliant to get that so it gives them a chance and some of those clubs will survive for years to come oh, on the tv money yeah definitely yeah it's yeah. brilliant so there's that element to it and the other end to it i don't agree with the semi-finals being at wembley no. but the game like Watford Wolves, where you know it was a, was it, was it, if it wasn't a sellout, it must have been close to it. It was packed, 
Um, and then the, to, to have a 3-2 um, result. I was in the car for this one, um, listening on the radio, and I heard it was 2-0 with an hour gone, and I was like, right, it's game over. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I kind of got to my destination. I didn't think twice about it. And when I got home and saw that it was 3-2, I was actually astounded. So it does show that, you know, who doesn't want to win the FA Cup? Yeah. It's rubbish to say that the FA Cup is dead in that sense. Yes, some teams will play a weakened side, elements of it because they have to focus on the likes of the league and well, you've got, um, Champions, I mean, you've league. got Champions League this, this week for example yeah so for so fair play but did they play they did, again I didn't see it I didn't watch it much for the weekend I was too busy with DIY and um, being a dad, daddy and all that but did um, did Man City play a weekend team no, no, I don't. Right. I don't I mean, well, do, do Man City ever play a weekend team? Let's be honest. I mean, the fact well, that you've got sort of Leroy Sane that you can bring off the bench and, and sort of it's ridiculous, isn't it? But shout out to, to just a couple of goals from the Watford game. I think it was, um, was it? Uh, I think it was Wolves' second goal. Was it Jimenez? Was sort of like a, a, a sort of a, a volley, which was brilliant, and then um, Delafeo's first goal, where he sort of curled it from the. It wasn't sort of a curl. He sort of almost bent his foot up and around it. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable goal. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you on, on the Wembley point. Give me Villa Park and Old Trafford and you know those sort of grounds for semi-finals any day. I just think it makes a bit more of the occasion. Saying that, me, me and you were there obviously in 2016, 2015, 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, in the semi-finals, Watford, we beat Watford 2-1. Um, I mean, would you would you have rather that was at a different stadium? Do you think? Well, for me, that was important because I had the stag do, didn't I? So I couldn't go see if I got final that you got to go to. Let's I not think, talk about that. Yeah, I, I think I think had I, had I personally not got uh, had had the chance to go to the cup final, looking back on it, I'd be like, no, it doesn't matter. Mm. But because I couldn't go to the cup final because I was in, where was I? Somewhere in Europe, and I'm stag do. No, I did. Um, Wasn't invited. Yeah, no, you weren't invited. Um, then 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 I think for me it was uh, more of a thing to have to go to the semi final. But looking at it pragmatically, I don't think the semi final should be at Wembley. It takes away from the um, the razzmatazz of the final. Yeah. Um, really we agree. We grew up, you know, with you know the 1990 game. We were both quite young then, but Palace 1990 FA Cup final. And I remember everything about it. The buzz was amazing because Palace were at Wembley, and then the playoffs in '94 was it in the '95 the, the, the Leicester game, the Leicester game, and then the following year '95 '96 the Hopkins goal. Yeah. Again, they were like one-off experiences for us to to go to Wembley at, at that age. So. You know, now where you buy, I don't know they do it probably to fund it and all that sort of stuff for the stadium. But you know, it does take away some of the some of the um, excitement about the final. But yeah. you know, yeah, it is the magic of the cup, indeed. Yeah, well, it would certainly be an uphill uh, task for um, for Watford in the final. But good luck to them. Good luck. Yeah, to definitely. Them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd certainly rather see a Watford than than sort of a a, a Man City, Chelsea, or a Man City. Liverpool, you know, two two big guns. I might much rather see a, a, a just, I don't mean disrespectfully, but a lesser team get into that point because that's what, like you say, the cut's all about. Yeah, lovely. Well, that seems like a good point to leave it there. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Um, and uh, yeah, enjoy this week's worth of football. We've got Champions League, got a game tonight. I know, haven't we? Is it Chelsea West Ham? I think at the time of recording, it's Chelsea winning one 0 Obviously, a lot of Champions League football, and then. Um, a lot of football for the, for the weekend as well. And don't forget to like, comment and share, please. The pod is, is growing in user base. Where are some of the stats that you've got listens from? Got, three, got, got three people listening now, which is good. So, uh, <laughs> we were one, 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 one more did, did Cot? Oh, yeah, no. The, yeah, the, the, the analytics are quite interesting. Yeah, so a lot of people in, in Denmark, obviously. Big shout out to the Danish listeners. Um, I haven't mentioned the Danish Superliga. Um, Esberg, fantastic result. 2-2 from FC Midland the weekend. Oh, um, big yeah, it was, mate. It was the last 94th minute... Um, Equaliser from Rudolf Austin. Um, wow. 
he used to play for Leeds. The centre back, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. yeah, he got put up, put up front for the last uh, six minutes or whatever it was. Got his goal. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought there. Listeners, where are they? Listeners. Apart from Deep Cotton Winner. So we seem to have quite. Lines. Yeah, Denmark, quite a few in Denmark. Obviously, um, big up our, our, our Scottish listeners. Um, quite a few in Canada for some reason. Not sure where they're coming from. Well, wherever you're listening from, do please uh, tell your friends, share it, like it, put it on Facebook. Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. Oh, I'm on Twitter, yeah. I'm on Twitter, yeah. Put it on there and um, yeah, help the pod grow and uh, get more people listening to us. Um, we've no, no, no better than uh, nothing better to do with the time uh, for 43 and a half minutes. Definitely. Why not? <laughs> exactly. And then, and then once we get a certain number of, of, of sort of listeners, I think then we get adverts and oh. then we start. Then we start getting paid. Certified. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then someone, we can pay someone to make a cup of tea for us whilst we do the pod. Anyway, lovely stuff. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for listening. Cheers.